Hey y'all, hey, welcome to PVP, People versus People by Vivi, that's me. So I just want to put a disclaimer on here, like I do every episode, that this podcast, my whole hope and goal for it is that the people that I have on here do not feel that I'm judging them, do not feel hated, but anything that they feel loved, that they know that they are in a safe place, a comfortable place where they can share their beliefs and what they believe in and why they believe in that, how they got there without feeling like I'm trying to convert them into what I believe. Um, I want them to feel safe enough, like I said, to just know that, hey, this is just two people having a casual conversation, no screaming, no yelling, no hatred, just uh, uh, open mindfulness. So as you guys listen to this episode, I, I hope that you listen to it with an open mind of what it is my friend believes in and why he believes in that. Just tell the audience oh, your name. This is Dalton Jackson. Okay, very formal. Middle name? Lee. Date of birth? <laughs> January 15th, 1999. Social Security? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I, okay, well, I guess I'm not getting that far. Okay, so do you do you not remember the first time we met? Because I do. I'll I let don't. you go. Uh, you I really believe, don't? I mean, I assume that it had to be sometime in like middle school, um, but I'm not 100% accurate on that. I'm I don't remember offended. us going to elementary school together, but we may have. No, we didn't. Okay. I was in L.A. <laughs> Yeah. I was from, I'm a California girl. Mm-hmm. My, my mom's from California, so. Yeah, so we have in common. I know her. <laughs> Teresa? Great woman. <laughs> Teresa? <laughs> I don't know. Lori? Martha? <laughs> Just keep naming names. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like very. It's Jamie. Oh, I was you getting You never would have guessed it because everybody thinks it's a guy name. I would I would have gone there eventually. <laughs> um, So you don't remember us meeting? I don't. Well, um, I assume, like well, I said, I assume it had to be in middle school, but I'm, I'm, I feel like I was wrong. Um, it did. It's probably because I have a great memory, um, as most women do. So we met in seventh grade. Okay. I was, uh, my two friends were mad at me and we had to do a group project and I partnered with Autumn and Autumn was dating Killian and you were part of the little friend group because you were Killian's best friend at the time. So we had to do like little group thing. And that's the first time we met because I, she was like, she was like, oh yeah, this is my boyfriend and this is his best friend. And I was like, oh, okay. And the only reason I was like with Autumn is because my friend group were like, a few. And I was like, uh, I have no friends. Well, now that all makes sense because I mean like me and Killian back in middle school at least were inseparable. Yeah. For most of the time frame. Yeah. So that's how we first met. Cause I remember I was like, Hey, this is an interesting group because in my mind I was like, "Oh, we can be, we can be friends," and she was like, "Sure." And then every time we had to do a group project in like fours, it would be us, and I'd be like, "Okay." Yeah, it's very funny because nobody in that group would have had like any common interests in reality other than like me and Kelly and being guys and playing video games. And I want to say that was like the only <laughs> thing that we had in common. And I don't feel yeah. like you and Alvin had anything in common. So I, we 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 did not. <laughs> There was, there was nothing that we had in common. I just know that I was like, this is the guy that is in the friend group. And that's all I remember. And then eighth grade, I think you were still part of my friend group, but that's because like, um, so for the audience, I'm Hispanic. So like I dabbled in like both of like, I would hang out with the Hispanics and sometimes I would hang out with the white people. And it was just, so like you were, uh, I played soccer too. So I was like dabbling within the Hispanic. Like, yeah. Well, as well. They also love gringos. So <laughs> yeah, they love like to them. It's like, um, honestly, you're like a pet to them. They're like, ha, ah, we love them. Like, yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah. Wow. You can't be on here. That's uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, this is the <laughs> end of our recording since he doesn't remember the first time we met. Um, it's okay. So most people don't. It's just I have a great memory. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so what did you? What were you raised to believe in? 
So I was definitely raised Wesleyan. Uh, my uncle, the pastor in Thomasville, he's been at multiple churches. Get uh, it. Which, I said, oh, that's awesome. Get it. Yeah. Uh, so he, uh, he's, I mean, I've grown up in that. And I mean, overall, I feel like I had kind of, you know, fallen off eventually once I got, you know, to, to an age where I was able to decide that for myself. Right. And um, with that being a, a thing that happened in my life, I lived that, you know, non-believing lifestyle. And I wouldn't say that necessarily I was a atheist or anything along those lines. Really? I would think I, would, I was more of like a nihilist. Um, meaning like, you know, life has no meaning. There's, you know, everything is pointless. Uh, yeah. No, um, I remember depressing Dalton, very emo Dalton. I remember yeah. that era. Yeah. So, um, and I wouldn't say that like I've been back into religion to the extent that I am now, mm-hmm. um, for very long. It's really been kind of a transition I've, I've you know mm. found that society can't really function without a form of organized religion. And so you have to kind of, um, without without organized religion there's no moral standing for society so it just kind of falls apart and uh it took me a while to realize that and i had to do some research on it so that was one of the big things that you know kind of flipped me over but it's probably been about three years now uh roughly that you three years of what three years of me you know going back to i mean i'm i I would say that i'm like almost pentecostal okay not quite i'm a little bit more reserved than like pentecostal okay but i'm open to all denominations i don't really have any um you know set preference i do um (laughs) (laughs) i tell i tell people all the time well because i've met people that have different um nominations Uh and then you know i'm a christian that's Mm -hmm. like you know uh and people are like oh we're i'm a christian just like you and i'm like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. let's pull it back a little bit i was like we can be all in ice cream but it doesn't mean we're the same brand baby okay like i just want to point that out um so i remember here's the thing though here's the thing because you guys don't know this man i remember you being like super against jesus my boy jc you were just I, i i really do remember you just being like F Jesus, hundred percent. Can't make this up. Yeah, and I definitely think that that was probably more derived because I thought that again, you know, with a very nihilistic standpoint. I, I back at the time, I didn't really know that, that was a thing. And looking oh. back now, I'm like, oh yeah, that's totally like what I was thinking. And so I think that you had to, I had to remove all aspects of religion mm. from like I had to be like, this is the worst thing ever in order for me mm. to get to that point of view because it's very hard to like remove hope. From everything mm. without doing that yeah so. i was just because do you remember i don't obviously you don't you can't remember when we first met i possibly could do remember what is okay uh, what that was the like? question do you remember why we stopped being friends why we stopped being friends um, why we stopped associating uh i guess it's the best i mean i thought that we still like communicated all the way through like school Boy, but what? We, we didn't like we weren't around each other me looking at the invisible camera so they can see my reaction <laughs> like i'm pulling a gym from the office moment like boy what <laughs> um tell me why I'll, t- I'll tell you why, yeah, tell me why. okay <laughs> freshman year i was on that i was on that uh i was on that baby christian high and okay. and i was like yeah team jesus I was like, I love Jesus. How about you? Like a hundred percent. Like I'm like newly found, you know, I'm like my boy JC, he out here. I love God. And you for real, for real, we're like F Jesus. We're all going to hell anyway. You're just like, I pray Satan, pray Satan is what you said to me. And I was just like, Hey, that that's not cool. Yeah. And you were like, that's no, you were like, nah, F, F your guy. And I was just like, 
and like to me i was just baffled because i was like yo we can't be friends if you're gonna be dissing my like religion like that like that's just disrespectful i mean you could you can believe in, you can believe in the devil if you want but like i'm not out here like dissing on you and yeah i remember that yeah no i totally understand like we're that would have came from in like my opinion because so like i'm very uh satire overall like about everything okay. and so like whenever i would be like yeah you know the devil rules and stuff like that but it wasn't like <laughs> i mean i didn't think that there was a devil at the time oh so okay like, so like me saying that was like oh yeah you know this fake you know fake to me at the time mm-hmm. um you know, creature was the was the problem you know the, um. oh yeah great things but realistically if you don't believe in it then it's not really like it's a Oh, okay. thing you know so it's very it was very satire at the time oh, okay but <laughs> as, as we okay. know now it's, you know it offended you um and no, i'm fine i was just oh well, i don't know it's fine it's it's okay it's just don't remember how we met we you don't remember why we stopped speaking to each other um you said that you in that time that i knew you uh you you had to disassociate everything like with hope and remove everything how how like how is that even a thing like you there was no hope for you in your life um that's definitely like uh, i definitely was in a pretty dark place mentally Mm. Uh, i definitely like wasn't using the correct coping mechanisms at the time Mm -hmm. um now i've you know realized how to right uh and realized that you know life has life's actually kind of a beautiful thing um and that you know you realistically at, the, at that time frame i was just going through a lot mentally and of mm-hmm. course you know you have hormones and stuff like that growing up and so i feel like that had a lot to do with it too mm-hmm. um and you know you're just kind of kind of trying to find your place in life mm-hmm. and i think that that's the main reason why i was able to just completely remove that r- remove that sense because i thought that's what i wanted uh when in reality it you know it was kind of just the younger you playing a um so you play you, tricks on you when you had a crappy day yeah what would you do to like cheer yourself up then if you don't have anything to live for? Or, like, I'd go home and play video games. That's it? Yeah, that, that was I your mean, I was pretty much, I mean, literally in high school, well, up until probably my sophomore year. Uh, so, like, from middle school all the way through to my sophomore year of high school, I played video games like mm-hmm. all the time. Like, I was like, oh, oh. I'm going to be a professional gamer. This is great. Of course. This is a terrible. Idea. How's that going the for worst you? worst thing. I, I don't remember the last I time. I think I, I saw you on Twitch. Games. I don't remember the last time I played a video game. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> but uh, I got into weightlifting, uh, and that was, like, my thing. And that was, like, okay. my way of, like, I guess in reality, for a while, I used weightlifting as, like, a self-harm mechanism um. versus, like, actually using it for health reasons. Mm. Um, and I know that's not healthy, like, yeah. at all. And yeah. sometimes I still feel like I use it as, like, kind of a self-harm thing, but I use it more, like, as, like, a mental yeah. um, m- mental um accelerant i guess listen listen <laughs> i i had a trainer and she told me how to do deadlifts and i told all the girls i told all my homies i said listen to me y'all need to learn how to do deadlifts because there's no way that you can't do that and not feel like a baddie there's just no way like oh, i thought they're so empowered so empowered because she was like they hear me out and i went man i don't know how i feel about that and <laughs> and afterwards it's just i was like you know what if i didn't do anything today i lifted that <laughs> It's like so that's very I can see the addicting part, but but to a certain extent. To a certain extent. 
Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, I still lift every day. Uh, oh. I try to take one day off a week. Uh, that doesn't always happen uh, because now I use it. I still use it for like mental health for sure. Right. Like, that's definitely. A, oh yeah. I think for a lot of people, that's a form of therapy. A hundred percent. I definitely utilize it like that. Um, but I I competed in men's physique um when I was nineteen. Oh shoot. Um, you went pro pro. Show no, 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 definitely amateur. But I did win my um win my class and placed second in the overall. <laughs> And I did a powerlifting competition, and that was good. And okay. I decided that I didn't really care about any of that. Mm. Um, so I just so work this out is for fun now. During that time, you were so just like, nah, there's I no would hope. Say during the powerlifting phase, okay. I more was doing. Um, you know, I, th- I think at that point I had you know switched over. That was probably. Um, I was married to my wife at the time, so yes, it's been. It was. It was within the last two years. Wait, say that again. Uh, I was married to my wife at the time. You had. You had a wife? I had a wife, yes. Dude, uh, what? Until, until March of this year. Uh, so I got married at 20. Um, Do you consistently go to a church now? Uh, no? I don't here recently. Okay. Uh, I was uh, there for a long time, especially while I was married. Okay. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. now it's, you know, a church that she goes to, so I try to avoid it. But, like, okay. I, I plan to. I'm not planning on staying in. I, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be, like, in you know, this area. Yeah. Uh, so I really don't know where I want to get started at. I would okay. like to go somewhere. Okay. Um, but I mean, it's, it's kind of up in the air. Like I said, my uncle's a pastor. So if I do go to church, I usually just go to his. Okay. Yeah. Um, you were hopeless. Uh-huh. Just put it that simple. You were hopeless. At what was your turning point to where you were like, I can't continue to live this life where there's just no meaning where I just exist and I'm not living. When, when was that? When did that happen? Like, how did that happen? Um, so I want to say it probably happened when my grandma died, mm-hmm. uh, which is where you would think that like there is, um, you would think that whenever that happens, you would be even more hopeless, uh, in reality. Like, you know, most people, whenever you go, go through something like that, you mm-hmm. become, you know, you depressed, sad, you know, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, draws you deeper into that depression or that, um, yeah. hopelessness. But in my situation, I that actually brought me closer to God. Um, so whenever she passed, uh, we actually had my parents had just sold their house and moved down to the beach um, part time. They were still back and forth, uh, so mm-hmm. like they bought an apartment um, here and they had or rented an apartment here and then uh, lived at the beach uh, part time. Mm-hmm. So they go back and forth. Uh, my granddad um, lived by himself, and we actually moved in with him for a short period of time. Wow! Uh, but during that time frame, I was in. I was working on becoming, uh, working on men's physique stuff. And that's whenever I was kind of like delving into the religious stuff, mm-hmm. but I wasn't necessarily like full gun. Like I wasn't, you know, pedal to metal with that. I actually took it very slow. Around what um, year was this? I'm trying to keep a time frame. That was probably 2018. Okay. So we graduated 17. Yeah. So it was like a year, year and a half after we graduated. Okay. It might have even been less time than that. It might have been like in very back end of 2017. Wow. Um, because I want to say that I was still possibly, no, it it was 2018 definitely because I was in college. Um, but going from that, um, that's, that's what kind of transitioned me. And then it took me probably about a year and a half to really, you know, actually start going into it. Uh, I had read that book, uh, that I had mentioned to you, um, previously it's called hard times, great strong men Mm -hmm. by, um, Stefan Arnia Mm -hmm. and it's pretty cool. So he was a, um, he he was he's a businessman and he was 
he actually ended up getting diagnosed with, I think, colon cancer. Uh, don't quote me with that, but I'm almost positive that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And rather than him taking chemotherapy and doing things like that, and, of course, you know, at that point, it's pretty pretty hopeless. I mean, you know, when you have stage four cancer of any kind, you can be, like, really – you can have, you know, big – your hope's kind of gone. Right. Um, so in his situation, he actually went out into the um, – went out to the rainforest and fasted for 40-some days. Uh, did a water did a water fast, so all he did was drink water. And uh, he came back, and he said, I found God out there. He said, I um, – he, and then he also went to the doctor, and his cancer was gone. Um, so reading that book, and it really embodies, like, what it is to be a man. And I'm not, you know, I'm not anti-women by any means. I don't have mm-hmm. any issue like that. I'm not misogynistic. What, uh, <laughs> uh, what if I am? No, I'm kidding. What if I am? But he – so his whole outline is basically just trying to teach men how to be men and how the, mm. the life works on a 40-year cycle of, you know, so it, it's, it's hard times, which is like, let's say – back during um world war ii for instance you have hard times those create strong men strong men fill the fill the gaps for the hard times and actually make good times uh, which is like let's say coming off of the war mm-hmm. so those good times then turn into create weak men because now they don't know what it's like to be in the hard times so they're weak and those weak men lead to hard times again so it's, it's just a cycle and it's always cycling uh you know history is shown that it continues to cycle and it's on like a 40 year period it's like it's 10 years per and there's not really like a how much happens like you know the the hard men or the hard times might last 14 years of mm-hmm. that time frame might last 20 there's not really a set time frame of how long the things have to last but they said that the overall transition takes about 40 years um but his whole statement was is that without without god there's no real way to um not even without God, without organized religion as a whole, there's not really a way to form a society. So society, in order for it to exist, you have to have a moral standing or else everything's, you know, um, you go have shootouts in the, you know, parking lot every single day, handle your problems by killing each other. All right. Um, And that's not really a moral. No. (laughs) So, so in order for you to have laws and functioning society, (laughs) But yes, in order for you to have laws and functioning society, you have to have some form of religion telling you what you can and can't do. Um, and so that's my whole thing with with that aspect of why I kind of transitioned into that time frame. And then, of course, I mean, I've read my Bible several times, um, you know, throughout. Um, and I love, you know, it, it, each time I feel like you come across something new. And that's like I've read that Hard Times Great Strong Men book probably about four times as well. And it's just like every single time you go through, and I mean, it's got almost 750 pages in it. So it's a pretty decent sized book. Um, but every time you go through, you find something new and then you like highlight it. And so like the entire time, my buddy Josh, I'm just sending him pictures of, you know, different words that are in there and things like that. Um, but it really just outlines like the world today. And I feel like I'm selling the book. <laughs> you, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, very, um, very it's really hard to get apparently cause it's sold out on Amazon. It's sold on a Barnes and Noble and books a million. Cause I looked into it whenever you talked to yeah. me about it. Cause I wanted some like kind of knowledge into it. And then I went, this, this book sold out, bro. I was like, yeah. what the heck? Yeah. I bought it. I, I, it's had to have been, you know, like I said, four or five years ago that I bought it. Oh, wow. And I just, I just recently finished reading it again this year. Uh, I, wanted to read you know several books this year and that was one of the ones that i wanted to reread mm-hmm. um but just that that book and then also you know actually reading the bible through and you know focusing on like n- nature and like i like to now that i'm you know older and don't really care i like to go outside and um 
bust wood so just chop up trees and then yeah. start a fire with it and i honestly there's nothing that makes me happier than that just being in in the woods is um very calming i mean so like i read something the other day where they talked about um i'm big in fishing too um i can tell so <laughs> but with your the, truck oh yes <laughs> with with stickers and everything yeah yeah so saw I, the little fish poles <laughs> sticking out too i'm kidding i didn't see that <laughs> but uh but yeah so with fishing um there's this there's whatever this quote this other day and they said um it was sitting in church thinking about fishing is um, is is religion? I wanted to say, and then um, sitting. Well, yeah, something like that. And then it's sitting in sitting fishing and thinking about God is like the the right way to be. You know, so like people mm-hmm. going to church and then not really necessarily focusing on the right things. But when you're in nature, there's just this element of you that's brought out and worship. Um, yeah, worship. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's worship. Yeah. Yeah, it's brought out. You just, I, I, I think in that situation, since it is so, you know, I, again, like I said, it's perfect because it's not. Uh, that's what really brings out your mental standpoint and allows you to feel more th- with God. I think for for you specifically, because we'll take fishing for example. I think you know, if you're fishing and you're thinking about God. And it's like you're appreciating and admiring the beauty of all those, like all of the nature mm-hmm. uh, that in itself is an act of worship. Like that's you worshiping someone higher above you, which is God. Like, wow. Yeah. Like the peacefulness. Um, you know, like what I said about, you know, sitting in church, thinking about fishing is, is a certain um, thing. And I think it's because in when you're sitting in church and not, you know, I have nothing against church. I think church is definitely a necessary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think that uh, some people rely too heavily on like it being their only place that they focus on God. Mm. Uh, whereas they, you know, outside of church, they have no connection to him. I had um, my pastor, also my father in faith, um, he mentioned this past week. He said, if. No, two weeks ago, it, we have this thing called study hall and he mentioned study hall for those of you who don't know, it's just where we take like 30 minutes before church starts, like an hour before church starts. And we just go into debt about like a certain passage or something or whatever the Holy Spirit laid on the pastor's heart. So this time what he said was, and it really stuck out to me. He said, if the only time that God speaks to you is through me on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday, because sometimes we do Wednesday Bible studies, he's like, then you're missing out on the rest of the days. I was like, because you can, there are books, like you said, um, that book that you mentioned. Hard Times Great Strong Men. Yeah, Hard Times Great Strong Men. Um, there are books like that, that God can use those books, especially if you have a desire or want to read books that that have wisdom of God and knowledge of, of who you are as a human, um, that you're missing out. There, You're missing out on the rest of the five days to get to know your creator, to get to actually have that one-on-one. So yeah, the whole, some people rely too much on church. I think it's more of a, we get used to our checklists. You know, yeah. you brush your teeth, you wake up, you go to work and you go in your case, you probably go to the gym and then you go home and then uh, walk your dogs. And it's kind of like, oh, we do this. We go to church this day and then we get, it's just a checklist and it's no more of, hey, let me genuinely live my life and experience the presence of God and not just say that I went and I had my daily like my tw- like what twice meeting with him this week. Mm. Yeah, I definitely think that's, uh, you, well, I've, I think the big thing with our generation and with the generations that are coming up, I don't think they have the connection with God. And I think that yeah. um, this possibly was part of the reason why I wasn't, you know, so as connected as I was, you know, as I am now uh, previously. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that you're so, everybody's so 
sucked into their phones. Mm. They can't even look up. Um, I mean, it's it, it's kind of bad in reality. But the thing about it is if you just disconnect every single distraction you have. So, like, if you just stand there, you take your phone out, you, you don't turn the car, you don't turn the radio on in your car, you just sit there and think. Your body will guide you, your mind will guide you in the direction that you need to go regardless of, you know, how much you know, what knowledge you have, anything mm-hmm. like that. You don't need direction from other people. Um, God's already got it hardwired into you. So if you just think about it, you, you're, you're, you're gonna, it's going to take you where, where he wants you to go. And you're going to get there regardless, you know, whether or not you're distracted or not, you know, how far you get, maybe probably not. But regardless, you're going to get where he wants you to be. It's just how much hardship do you want to endure to get there? Um, next question. Yeah. Do you know, you know what salvation is, right? Yeah. Would you would you say that you're saved? Yeah, yeah, I would say. So yeah, I would say that I've committed my life to Christ. Yeah. Okay, uh-huh. so when when was that moment? Um, I I so I started the the so I said that I brought my wife to 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 church. Yeah. Um, or my ex wife. Um, yeah. so her family was like really. Like, I was, you know, I, I had converted to Christianity, but I wasn't mm-hmm. really going to church. I wasn't going to, you know, an actual building. Yeah. Um, but her family, like, had brought me, you know, they were like, hey, you know, come with us. Because they were all believers, but she wasn't. Oh. So, I started going with them. And Black I think sheep. that that was whenever I really, I think that was whenever I really got into, you know, really, you know, accepted, mm-hmm. you know, that reality. And, um, you know, converted my life to Christ. But I, I, like I said, I had already converted to Christianity at that point. I had already started, you know, practicing religion. It's just that I wasn't, I didn't feel it in in my heart. Right, 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 right. Like, yeah, I guess like the, yeah, like the the moment where like you you were collecting information about Jesus, but it's like when did it become like personal? Like it clicked. Like, hey, I I actually get to talk to this man every day and I get to hear from him. Yeah. So that was definitely when I started going to church. Mm. Uh, I don't necessarily think the church had, uh, I think it was more so the people mm. than it was necessarily the actual church. I think it was more seeing the people there and talking to the people. What do you mean? Uh, the pastor at the church did a prayer group and mm. just seeing the, and first of all, the prayer group, everybody in there was like in their sixties and older. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it was, you fit right in. Huh? Yeah, exactly. So, right so in. I'm sitting there at 23, 22 and 23 and um and we're just you know we're in this prayer group and just seeing the amount of impact that it has on everybody's life in that room mm-hmm. is definitely you know eye-opening mm. uh, and that was one thing but I, I would say that i would say before that but you know that that was one thing that like really you know pushed it for me was just going through all that oh i want to I go back i want to go back to, to high school dalton okay? okay because uh high school dalton was really it was really let's talk about that high school dalton was really depressing really sad yeah very much, very much, um, just sad, mm-hmm. just sad. Yeah, I feel like uh, current Dalton is very sad on occasions, but I cope with it in different ways. Mm. Uh, then I didn't really have a coping mechanism. Do you? I was forced to be around somebody all the time, like my parents. You know, like I am very um, extroverted. I would say, no, sorry, introverted. I would say. Oh yeah, I was about uh, to be like, yeah, you're not, I'm you're not extroverted. No, I'm no, extroverted. No, I'm very introverted, and so oh, for real? I had no I idea. Think, <laughs> so Hard. I think that it was very difficult for me to be in school, go home to my parents, mm-hmm. and be around my parents, and then you know, uh, which my parents are great. Like I love them very much. Mm-hmm. But I think back in those days, like are they listening? I Is that why you just, said that? but back in those days i think that it was very um, days. 
Well, it was, it was very uh, difficult for me mentally, and I wasn't really able to cope with it any other way. So I, maybe I was actually just trying to push people away, mm. and that might have been. You did um, a great job with this one. Yeah. So, well, I think I did a great job with everybody because I don't remember the last time I talked to anybody from high school. Oh well, everybody, yeah. everybody just parted their ways. Everybody yeah. said, uh, "Have fun in the real world," and we yeah. said, "Kumbaya." I've talked to maybe four people. Make it five. I'm on there now. Yeah. No, no, you're the fourth. <gasps> oh dang. Uh, okay, so. Would you say now that you converted to Christianity, now that you are a Christian, do you, would you say that it's easier? Like life is easier now? I wouldn't say that life is easier. Mm. Uh, I would say that life is better. Quality of life is better. Okay. Outlook on life is better. But How's I that? wouldn't say that life is easier. Uh, I think that now that you, life is, I mean, you got to think about how li easy life would be if you're hopeless. Mm. Like you have nothing to look forward to. Right. You don't have any responsibilities other than, you know, whatever you want to do. And if those things don't get done, then all you just say is it doesn't matter anyways. How long, how long were you like that? What do you mean? Like, like hopeless, like in that, in that oh, era of just hopelessness. Um, probably pretty much all the way through high school. So from freshman year. I mean, like I, I didn't really change to that viewpoint till. Um, no, I mean, like, from what, okay, so, like, what age did you start feeling, like, this gaping, just hopelessness, life has no meaning? At what age did that start? Probably around 14 or 15. 14 or 15. Yeah, I would say roughly. I'm not, again, I, I don't really remember that time frame in my life. Like, I've tried okay. to just kind of forget it. It's the trauma. Uh, <laughs> well, it's not so much the trauma. I think I've just gone through, I, I feel like I'm very, like, I have a lot that goes on. I'm a very, mm -hmm. relatively busy person. So, do you... Could you ever see yourself going back to that hopelessness or no? Um, I don't think so. Unless there was like some way to like completely, you know, disprove God, which there isn't. Mm. So I feel like there's really no way um, that I would, you know, go back to that, that feeling. Mm. Um, I mean, some days I'm hopeless. I mean, like it's, it's just is what it is. I feel like everybody struggles with bouts of, you know, sadness and depression and things like that. Um, not me i'm the, always happy well yeah but i'm you. always chipper what you mean 100 no i'm kidding i'm just kidding i'll be going through it i'll be going through it sometimes um so an 18 wheeler if the 18 wheeler hits you yeah and you die yeah does it matter i know where i'm going does it but does it matter like like what do you mean does it matter? in that moment it matters to you so like you get out of its way yeah but if it but if it doesn't happen or if it does happen does it matter maybe it doesn't matter I'm, i know where i'm going exactly so like for me so, like, for instance, I Don't climb ladders, like, to clean, like, like I'll have to climb a ladder to clean my gutters. gutters. I'm terrified of ladders, okay? Not heights. Heights I'm cool with. Like, I could be up high, have no problem. Why when I'm on a ladder, I think it's because I'm afraid of falling off the ladder. But so, like, the back of the house <laughs> is probably about 40 feet off the ground. So, like, okay. when I'm back there and I'm cleaning my gutters, I hate it so much. Like, I'm, I'm terrified of it. Okay. But so I'm back there. And so the whole way that I can convince myself to do it is by saying, if I die, yeah, it doesn't matter. If I fell off that ladder and died would it matter? Mm. So stop being so scared about it because mm. it doesn't matter. Cause it's not going to matter unless like I miraculously survive, which I wouldn't from that distance. Oh, okay. Um, more than likely, uh, unless you miraculously survive, you would, um, you know, it doesn't really matter. Like my whole you, thing, you, you know where you're going as long as you're living yeah. the way that you're supposed to, you know where you're going. So either you get up on that ladder and you clean the gutter and you walk back down and you're cool, or you go up there and you fall off and you die. And you know where you're going. So yeah. why does it matter? Why does it matter? Yeah. So why why would it be a problem for you? Like, that's one of the biggest things that I have for people who, like, are afraid to do things is, like. Spirit of know, fear. Yeah. What what? Why does it matter? Like, if, if you're scared to do it, then just do it because, you know, it's not going to. First of all, especially with people, like, if you meet somebody and you're going to 
let's say go talk to somebody and you're scared to go talk to them. And like, I, I know that I'm, you know, one that does this, but in 72 hours, it doesn't matter. So like within, I think the I first, talk too much to people. I think that's my issue. <laughs> well, well, no. So like in the first 24 hours of you saying something, mm-hmm. if you say something stupid yeah. and, and they don't like it, yeah, then they'll think about it for 24 hours. Okay. Oh. Then after 24 hours, it matters a little bit less to them. And after 48 hours, it matters a lot less to them. I've had people and then quote within me 72 hours. Something stupid's going to happen that somebody else is going to do. And then they forget about you. So I don't know, there's man. no reason. I, now, okay. So like you can definitely leave a lasting impact, but like yeah. it's not something there. Like, I mean, you know, like you said, you had forgotten that I exist. Yeah, I did. So in that you situation, you were just irrelevant. Like yeah. I literally just, I, I thought it was, I'm, again, I'm telling you what it was. It was the Lord. Cause I was on my way to work and I'm just like, I was like, I'm seeing stuff like I'm not fully awake when I'm driving to work mm-hmm. anyway. So I was just like, it's, I literally, I think I took, I took a double take and then I had to remind myself that I'm driving. Cause I was like, <laughs> I was like, head uh, burned, swerving into traffic. <laughs> well, I was swerving into that 18 wheeler. He's like, actually swerving into you. <laughs> I was, I had to do a different take. And then, and then the second thing that crossed my mind was, I was like, it could be a ghost. Cause he's so pasty. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's something that hasn't changed. Uh, well, I, I would say I'm a lot darker now than I was then. Uh, I, I was quite white at the time. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was pretty funny. White still, but. Very white. Yeah, no, I'm very, I, my skin has very little pigment. But, uh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, why does it matter? <laughs> yeah, well, it doesn't matter. That's all I'm saying. Does it matter? No, it doesn't. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Um. Is there any last words that you like to tell the audience? Yeah. Well, when it comes down to, you know, just life in general, um, I think that people need to focus more on things that are relevant rather than focusing on, you know, their things that aren't going to matter. Um, I think people need to get out more, do more with other people. Mm. That's the only thing that matters is other people uh, Mm. in reality. Building relationships. Yes. Building relationships with people and then also being in outside uh, because the only thing that, you know, God made the outside, man made the inside. So if you're inside all the time, all you can focus on is the things that you have and do not have. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're outside, you can focus on God. And I think that's the biggest thing that I can uh, show people is that whenever you're outside, you can see that your religious, um, your religious values grow and your connection with God grows. Uh, whereas whenever you're inside and all you can focus on is, oh, I got to do the dishes. Oh, I got to do the laundry. Oh, I got to make the bed. Or I do this. And then all you're focusing on is things that are of this world rather than focusing on things that God can and can't do. Well, he can do everything, but you know what I mean? No, I don't know what you mean. Huh? I said, no, I don't know what you mean. You don't know what I mean. No, I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was just kidding. I was just kidding. Well, thanks for being on here, Donna. I appreciate you. Of course. Well, thank you for having me. I had a good time. Of course. As always, in my presence. <laughs> Thank y'all for listening to People Versus People by Vivi. Again, that's me um, on this episode on why does it matter with Dalton. I hope you guys found out why it matters. And if you didn't, maybe you should re-listen to it.